Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 24 for Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Things are, uh, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy, I mean, I guess happy belated Mother's Day by the time you Happy belated this. Mother's Day, I guess, if you're listening to this. If you are just, if uh, you yeah. are hearing this now and this is the first time you have thought of Mother's Day this, uh, in these last couple of weeks, uh, then you should probably make a phone call. Cause you, you should, uh, or a note or some, something. Uh, no, things are great. My mother-in-law is visiting, which is super cool. Oh, That's nice. not a joke. I really like my mother-in-law. So she's gonna help with the babies. Yeah, everything is uh, everything's great, man. Right on. Uh, cool. Well, in that case, let's just hop right into it. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. We can't just hop right into it. What am I thinking, <laughs> Matt? Matt. Because of course, before we hop right into it, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What, Dave, is our first star of the week? Our first star of the week, Matt, is how for you forgot to tell the audience uh, what episode we're watching and what it, the title of it is. Oh well, uh, that's not actually the first star. It's episode twenty. But you did. It's episode twenty-four, and it's called the Laughing Nostalgic Man. Will you now? 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 Will you? Are you? Will you still hold this first star hostage? What else do I have to yeah. do to get it out of you? Yeah, you don't have to abide by the structures that we've set up for ourselves to get through this thing. That's that's fine. Look, I'll just Dave. It's been almost two hundred episodes. Um, I'm just trying to keep it fresh. <laughs> uh, anyways, so our first story of the week is Avengers. So yeah, sorry if you if you haven't seen it and you want to, which seems I would say almost impossible. But I have twins and I understand how difficult it can be to get out to do things you want to do. But if you haven't seen it and you want to, and somehow you haven't heard anything about it you may want to jump forward a few minutes because uh, we're just going to talk about it like it's it's been out for a, f- a few weeks now yeah um, so let's just chat about it so we'll give you a second and we're back okay, okay. so this is <laughs> this is the thing that i really dug about this so this is maybe the funniest thing to me about avengers infinity wars first of all i loved um although it wasn't prop like how to say, did we say this last time? It wasn't really a movie. It was sort of like a clip show. Yeah, I think we like, may have there was, that. Yeah, because yeah, it really was. like it's, it's like a series of vignettes that are all strung together, which, I, which is not to say I didn't enjoy it. Um, the thing that I really dug about it is there was this huge push. Like, even Marvel put out official, like, hey, don't spoil it. Thanos demands your silence, which is a great thing for uh you know for not spoiling stuff as though it were like this huge secret my dudes of infinity gauntlet came out 27 years ago yeah and like i guess the only spoiler is this movie is a pretty faithful adaptation of the infinity gauntlet which i guess in a way is a spoiler because a lot of the other marvel movies have have changed it up. Like, they've moved some stuff around such that, like, if you have read the comic books, like, oh, you can still be surprised because it's not exactly the same as it was in the comics. You know, like, Ego the Living Planet is, you know, Kurt Russell, like, wow, that's crazy. And, like, he's Star-Lord's dad and it's not the 
what what planet is he from again? Uh, are you talking about his father, Jason of Spartax? Yeah. Yeah, Spartax. Thank Jason. Um, <laughs> Not Jason. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> Jason. Uh, yeah, so the spoiler is, surprise, we didn't do that. It actually, it's just in the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I mean. Like, with- Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet, and he kills half the multiverse, and he just does it. And, like, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it has, like, some different characters in it. Um, just because, like, I those mean, are the some. characters that, like, it's a, I mean, it's a different version of Thor. Oh my god, I was, I do my best to block out the existence of other Thors with the exception of Jane Foster. Wait, wait, wait. Like, I'm okay with the current Thor. Are, are, are you, are you talking ill Also, on my man, Eric Masterson, aka one of the Thors, aka a member of the Thor Corps, aka a Thunderstrike? Um, I mean, obliquely, but, but yeah, man, well, dude, I, I am a little bit. Heroes. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, dude. I like Master uh, Anyways, <laughs> I'm cool with, uh, th- th- Frog Thor. I'm cool with Frog Thor. Like, that dude can hang. Now, are you um, talking about Frog Thor the time that Thor turned into a frog? Or are you talking about Frog Thor the time that a frog turned into Thor? No, no, no. Frog Thor, the time a frog turned into Thor. That's the one I'm talking about. And obviously not Beta Ray Bill, who is different from... He's not a Thor. He just can wield... You know what I'm saying. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, that I think is the only weird thing. And the other thing I think that is very weird for me is that people are flipping out. And they're like, oh man, like what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys... It's part one. Yeah. It's part one, guys. There's a whole other movie coming after this. Yeah. And guess what? And I have like I have heard some people like weirdly speculating, like, man, I wonder who's gonna die and who's gonna, gonna come back. Pickle. Right. Who's gonna die and who's gonna come back? Let me tell you who's coming back. Spider Man's coming back, because that dude has more movies coming out. Doctor Strange is coming back. Black Panther's coming back. Yeah. All those dudes have more movies. They're all coming the back. The Black Panther movie is still in the theaters. It came is out it in seriously? February. That like there's gonna be another one. Yeah, it's fine. You know who's not coming back? Well, I mean he's gonna come back and then he's gonna die again. Is Iron Man. That dude's dying. Captain America's almost definitely dying. They're probably gonna die together. Like they've been setting up they've been broadcasting Iron Man's death since the end of Avengers 1. Like, that dude's just looking for an excuse to die. Well, I mean, at like, this point, those guys, like, they've done a great job, but they have been in those movies for so long. Like, well, yeah. Iron Man was 10 years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, they've got to do something else. Uh, I personally, I'm really hoping for Riri Williams. Uh, that I, would be very good. I do. I want to see that Ironheart. I have a, per- I have a little bit of a theory that, that uh, Princess Shuri is going to be did I talk about this already? We the Princess have. Shuri yeah, sorry, of guys, Wakanda we, is going to become Ironheart? We missed an episode last week just because, like, life got in the way. So, like, I kind of can't remember everything that we said last episode because it was two weeks ago now. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, it's going to be great. Uh, or it's going to be... I mean, part two is going to be great. But I'm also thinking uh, when they're done with the Thor movies, I'm thinking we're going to get Beta Ray Bell. I I'm mean, pretty sure. I feel like that's going to be. They've teased him. His face was on the the Grandmaster's tower, and Stormbreaker's in play now. Oh yeah, dude. So give me that Beta Ray Bill, man. Dude, I feel like I've been monologuing. I don't. Please dip in on this, man. 
Uh, no, dude. I listen. If we, if you want to, if you want to talk about some uh, some Beta Ray Bill, I am down. Um, I, I'm trying to think of other things we can say about this movie, though, because like generally speaking, like if you've read the comics, it's yeah, kind of, like, like it's not, it's, it's, it's pretty not exactly on. That, obviously. Um, yeah, there's a weird bit where the Red Skull comes back. <laughs> Yeah, that was very strange. Uh, that is the and like it, they really didn't. I feel like when the like when the movie comes out like on Blu-ray, there's gonna be like a director's cut that maybe has a little bit more explanation on that because that came out of nowhere. You know, it, it was the one moment in the movie where I was genuinely surprised by something that happened, and like pleasantly surprised. Like it was a yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was weird, but it was cool. Also weird that they didn't get Hugo Weaving to come back and do it. I thought that was very strange. Like, Hugo, you would have been in for, like, a day. Like, just go do it, man. Also, okay, here is my one tiny beef with this movie, is how quickly Thanos beats the Hulk in the very beginning. I mean, he's already got two of the power of the Infinity Stones by that point. Right. No, I know. I know that. And he does have the Infinity Power Gem. But listen, the champion of the universe had the Power Gem. And, uh, like, Hulk fought that dude. So I feel like that shouldn't be as much of a thing. Okay, Dave, let me let me, let me me counter your beef by asking you, what what... <laughs> What would have happened otherwise? Hulk would have just beat no, no, Thanos no. and that the movie would have been over? Like, no, listen, get that I, the way. I understand narratively speaking that Thanos has to beat the Hulk. Uh, I just think it should have happened. I feel like there was an opportunity for a, a cooler uh, and more drawn-out fight scene there. However, on the other hand, it does establish Thanos as like... It sets... It helps establish Thanos very, very quickly that he does this Hulk. So, like, it works. Yeah, and because it, it's... I'm just a big Hulk fanboy nerd, so... He doesn't so. just do it with Hulk. He does it with Hulk and Thor. Like, he beats up Hulk and all of the Asgardians in the first, like, five minutes of that movie so that you know that you can't just rely on, like, the big, strong guy showing up to save the day. Like, they need to do something different. I, I, I think like it I said, works. No, it, it works narratively. I, I just like the Hulk. I also... Because it wasn't Metal Master that they had. I'm not. I'm not sure who that the telekinetic guy is supposed to be. Um, like I, they obviously they had Corvus Glaive and they had uh, Black Swan. I'm not actually sure who the other like children of Thanos are supposed to be. I'm kind of not sure because like I don't know. I feel like the children of Thanos storylines are like came like came and went without me really like hooking into it and figuring out who these people were. Yeah, uh, they were but cool. Though. I loved. They were really cool. I loved the visuals that they did with the telekinetic guy because I that's how, in my mind, that's where else would I imagine things? That's how I imagine a telekinetic fighting because he's just sort of standing there and hovering and he's making like maybe little hand gestures, but he's like slicing cars in half. And I I dug that he was super uh, not energetic because it's like, you're a telekinetic. You don't need to, to do all that stuff. Um so yeah, man, okay, I feel like we could actually probably just talk about this movie for another 15, 20 minutes, uh, and that's not necessary. Right, that would be a different podcast. Uh, yeah. But on our podcast, Dave, we talk about all sorts of other fascinating things. Speaking of, what is our second Star of the Week? I finally got a planer! I finally got one! The Google Alert, the Google Alert, the Craigslist Alert finally paid off, 
And I got, it's not like a top of the line, top of the line model, but I'm not a top of the line woodworker. So it works out. Okay, now Dave, what are you more excited about? The fact that you finally have a planner or the fact that you can finally get rid of that Craigslist alert? It's okay. The planner is definitely, that's the winner part of this. But icing on the cake was turning off that Craigslist alert. Although just for funsies, I did go back and check and those same two knuckleheads are still trying to sell those planner gauges. Um... As of, like, yesterday. So, anyways, now I got this planner. I got it off of an old dude named Ken for, like, a hundred bucks. And uh, I love talking to old dudes. Whether or not they're I named don't know Ken. If, yeah, regardless of whether or not they're named Ken. I just like talking to old dudes. Um, and I have... I don't... I didn't notice that I did this until this time that I was talking to Ken. But I have discovered that I've got a voice that I use when talking to old men. Like it's a, like I have a particular cadence that I adopt Um, when I am talking to old guys. And I don't know why, because I don't think they talk. I think maybe they do talk like this. I'm not sure. So let me wait. Let me see if I can just give you like a taste. I I was going to say, because I feel as though I may kind of do the same thing, but I am not equipped to break a piece off of that for you right now. I would would need to have an old uh, guy present. Right. It also, I think it's probably the same voice I use like with my mechanic. Mm -hmm. If that, if that helps you envision it, but let me like, let me just see if I can't give you a little taste. Let me like, I'm just going to try to imagine this conversation that I had with Ken. Yeah, well, Ken, I'll tell you what, man. Um, no, planner looks great. Looks good to me, buddy. Yeah, well, you know, it's... Uh, let me tell you what I think. I, I got some projects around the house. Uh, yeah, I'm doing for the wife. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I just I got to get this... What's, and yeah, I could get a hand planer, but like... Man, who's got the time, right? Who's got the time, Ken? And then Ken would laugh back. Because we're commiserating about who's got the time, sure, which is actually extra funny because Ken's retired. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's kind of that, and it helps if there's another person, and there's a lot of like, ah, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> it's so it's, in it's it. the voice of a man in a cartoon, like not a cartoonish voice, but like if you are voice acting like adult man, that is the voice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's actually that's a, that's pretty accurate to to what's happening Even here. So yeah, I've got this planner. voice is by default the voice of an adult man. Oh, yeah, right, it is, but not an old not an old man. Uh <laughs> sorry, speak very briefly, speaking of being an old man, uh a student of mine brought in and I don't know why he did this. Like I'm not a person who would like buy candy on spec. Like maybe I'll like this candy, uh, but he bought a bag. <laughs> he brought into class a bag of licorice all sorts, which like okay. if you're gonna buy some candy and you're not like super sure about it, like licorice all sorts seems like a weird place to jump in. So when he's got this giant bag of licorice and he eats like two pieces. And he's and I love black licorice. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is oh this is disgusting. I was like. He's like, does anybody want this? I said, is that licorice all sorts? And he said, yeah. It's like, yeah, 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 give it here. And uh, and so I always get kind of a, it's like a superpower, like demonstrating like a small magical trick, eating black licorice in front of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what's also fun is that you offer them a piece and you watch their horrified reactions when they eat it. Um, but I love black licorice. I feel so like those are the for same me I gotta... horrified reactions that I would make. I like, yeah, do you not like black licorice? Uh, I do not like the sort of black licorice that elicits a negative response from people. 
No, no, no. This is just this, these are like good and plenty's, dude. They're just like you know, they just don't like black. I'd rather have a good and fruity if I'm being honest. No Gosh, do they even make good and fruities anymore? I don't know. I don't care. I like good and plenty, <laughs> uh, folks. Good and fruities were basically <laughs> Mike and Ike's. <laughs> um, anyways, Matt, what is our third star of the week? Third star of the week, Dave, is that you and I are currently talking to each other over our computers with no problems. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but the other day, we one got on that roll twenty and started to play a brand new mage game that you are running that we are very excited about. Yeah, um, yeah, it's super cool. We got put off by a full hour because for some reason my computer refused to talk to your computer. And just okay, sorry, to be clear, like we could I was connected on the Roll20, they've got like a, a chat video, a video conference like thing as part of the uh interface. I'm not sure there's a word for it. Uh and I was connected to all the other people who were playing. And you were connected to all the other people that were playing. And I could hear all of them, and they could hear me. And you could hear all of them, and they could hear you. But you and I could not hear each other. No, no matter how many times we, like, restarted our computers and, like... So we then tried Skype, and we could not connect over Skype. We tried... And uh, we tried Google Hangouts. Could not connect over Google Hangouts. And we could not connect... Yeah. For no discernible reason. And the thing is, it's not a problem we ever solved. The only way we were ever able to actually do it is by luck. I had brought my work computer home with me that day. So I just booted that up and started running Roll20 on that. And it was fine. And now, not even a week later, like what, four days later? Three days later, we are connected over Google Hangouts are we using today? Yeah, Google Hangouts, and it's fine. Yeah, so... I don't know, man. Maybe uh, maybe the technocracy was trying to mess with our communications so we couldn't... Yeah, that's definitely the answer, Matt. <laughs> sure. That, <laughs> Listen, that dude, is what th- it is. That explanation makes as much sense to me as whatever actual thing would have happened. It actually makes more sense. Yeah, uh, the team is based at Warner and Swayze Observatory, which is an abandoned observatory that's like 10 minutes from my... Not even 10 minutes from my house. Um, one of the, one of so the you fun, can go look at pictures of it if you want. One of the fun things about living crazy. in Cleveland is there's a lot of cool abandoned buildings. <laughs> there's an abandoned um, <laughs> like lighthouse near where I live. It's very good. Yeah, so anyways, Matt, um, I just this dumb internet thing. That's our third star. Yeah. Uh, what is our fourth star of the week? Uh, Dave, I don't know what the fourth star of the week is. Oh, sorry. The fourth star of the week is <laughs> I me. I think that one's on you. So <laughs> this is super short, but... um. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. So the babies love computers, so like you can't type anything while they're around because they will just like try and jam on your computer. So I've just started taking notes on my phone. I think I mentioned this earlier. And uh, Sugar Bee and the girl will just likes to sit in my lap. And when we have started watching, so she's been watching Super Sentai with me. And when the rangers like henshin and start fighting, she throws her tiny fists out like in uh, in sequence and just goes like, <laughs> ha! 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 That is uh, and so beautiful. She is, 
Yeah, I wish I had a video of it. That, I mean, like, I legally can't because they're foster children. I can't publish videos of them. But uh, just imagine, like, a very, very tiny little girl. Because she's, like, pretty small for her age. Uh, with just, like, giant Disney princess eyes going, like, ha! And, like, kicking her tiny feet and watching Super Sentai, and you pretty much got it. I really um, love that, like, my formative... Uh, I, I just like the idea that, like, her formative experience with this sort of TV show is O-Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> like, a show from 20 years before she was born. Um, longer ago than that, I think. But uh, what, Matt, is our fifth star of the week? Uh, fifth star of the week, Dave, is that I, on Friday night, drove down to Columbus for the Columbus Podcast Festival. Um, and it was... Oh, you mean the one that didn't invite us? Okay. That one? Well, okay. I'm not uh, sure. I didn't know this thing existed <laughs> before you told me about it, so... Yeah, I only knew about it a few weeks it. beforehand, and uh, I think you have to apply. And so, yeah, that's actually... Okay, so here were my thoughts about going to this thing. Uh, first of all, I went to go. I went down there to go see the uh, the Warwick at Ajax live show, which was very fun. Oh yeah, no, super cool. Uh, met those guys after the show. They were very cool dudes. I did not talk to them for long because I had to then. This is the other thought: drive back to Cleveland immediately. <laughs> so it's oh, like yeah. it's like a little over a two hour drive each way, and it's a straight shot down seventy one from where I live. But like halfway through my drive back, I was like, "Why have I done this?" Like, why on earth would I not have just gotten a hotel room? It is... It's a little bit... It's a little bit of a hike. It's not terrible. Oh, wait. So, but it's, but, you, so you were chatting with the War Rocket Ajax guys. Mm -hmm. Were you like, just out of curiosity, because I want to know, was this purely like a uh, fan-to-creator chat? Or were you were like, oh, hey, it's me, Nat J. Like, what's up? Oh no! Yeah, I, I mentioned who I was because I also am a supporter of their Patreon. So oh, I'm yeah, on that's their right. like email lists as well. Um, I'll, I'm going to be getting their new T-shirt very soon, and I'm very excited about it. Ah, nice. Um, but uh, the 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 third thought I had is that like this is like I said a Columbus based podcast festival, and there are a lot of shows there. Like one of the McElroy shows is there. Sawbones is was there the next night. Um, so like some of the shows, there are very big, but then some of the shows I was looking up cause they had like, I don't know, maybe 20 shows on this thing. Cause it goes for a couple of days. Um, some of them are not as big and have like fewer episodes and fewer reviews than we do. And so I, no, I get no the kidding. feeling that if you and I really wanted to, we could at least put a solid effort in towards trying to do a live thing next year at this conference. That could be fun. But, like, yeah, I, sure. I don't actually know what that would look like because, like, you don't want to just show up and you're like, hey, we're here to talk about episode 24 of O-Ranger. <laughs> like, jump on board, <laughs> randos. <laughs> or do you? So I think we would have, we'd have to – and I feel like we'd have to show clips. That I've got a full year to actually think about what this would look like. But listeners, if that is something that you would I was going to say, also, we're very open to suggestions. Yeah, like, if that is something that you think, A, you could actually make it out to, like, if you're in that general area, and B, you would want to see, like, what what would be good? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. But I'm curious. So, uh, get at us and let us know. But now, Dave, we do actually have to talk about episode 24 of O-Ranger. So, oh, yeah. we will do that right after this break. 
Okay, welcome back. Uh, we have just finished watching episode 24, The Laughing Nostalgic Man. Dave, can I tell you something that I love about this episode and the last one? Sure. Is that... That's kind of the whole thing that we do here. <laughs> Point. Um, so, what I love is that watching these two episodes really makes it clear that like they just have to make 50 episodes in a week, in a, or in a month rather, I'm sorry. Nope. In a year. There we go. Uh, and it kind of doesn't matter what else is happening around them. They just got to get the episode out. Because like, the last have to go. Because the last two episodes have been like fun summertime episodes. And they have been cloudy and smoggy. And like you cannot see the sky. Like they like just the weather for all of the outdoor shots for the last two weeks has been horrible. And I yeah, and it just it. doesn't matter. There's just like, listen, the script says you yell youth and summer, and then you run into that water and you splash, and you're professionals, and that's what you're going to do. <laughs> and it does not matter that there's a lightning storm happening. You run and you splash in that water. And like, and they just do it, because yeah. what else are you, that's just what else are you going to do, right? You've got to get the episode made. And although I am fairly certain that that the main actors on these shows have got to have like vacation or sick time like built into their schedules because their episodes are just like well listen uh it's your week to take a vacation goro you're in this episode for like five whole minutes and i like you know everybody else can chill out this is a momo episode it's a momo episode mm-hmm. it's our first one i think actually right we've never had a, a momo yeah, episode might be. and it is momo on summer a vacation m- in momo the episode in the the beautiful sunny old part of smoggy smoggy tokyo <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the episode leads off and uh there's like a boat uh there's a boat that we see and then there's there's no other way to say it but he's he's a bearded Japanese Napoleon. Yep. That's what's... Uh, that is the way that he appears in all of my notes. That's what. That's what's going on. Um, so we see him, and he's, I mean, he's there. And he's just sort of looking around. He's got a big curly mustache. Um, and then he looks down, and he, he sees someone riding a bike. And he hears that person singing a song. And then we see that person and hear the song. And it's Momo. And the song that she is singing is the opening theme song to O Ranger. And I, I, I got some questions about this, Dave. Okay, so here is remember a little while ago, Matt. I was talking about the weird, uh, like divergent universe uh, that Marvel published called a uh, Strike Force Moratori. Remember, I was talking about this a while ago. Yes. Okay, so in Strike Force Moratori. There are real, like, there are real superheroes, but the superheroes serve as not only, like, a strike force against an alien horde, but also, in an early Captain America sort of way, like, they're also propaganda pieces, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, in the world of Strike Force Moraturi, there are the real people, and then there is a show called Strike Force Moraturi, and it is about the serialized adventures of the real people. So my assumption is, is that there is, there are the O-Rangers, and then there is also a fictionalized television show in the universe about the O-Rangers. I mean, if that is true... It is presumably 
it is presumably a week behind our version of O-Ranger. Right. Man, they but, must really have to scramble to like, okay, what did they do last week? Uh, <laughs> man, I don't know. They fought a giant toaster. All right, man, just make it happen. Um, so, yeah. So, I, well, okay, presumably the production value would have to be very low because the production value of O-Ranger is not particularly high, right? I mean, and, rude, but we would but assume sure. that that is so they well they live in the reality like their reality is a reality in which like a rubber suited monster is realistic. So if they were making a TV show about it, you know, you just have some green face paint on a guy and you're good to go. Oh no, dude! Because in the in like the show within the show, the production values probably are super realistic looking because the only thing they have to do to look like spot on realistic is make oh, a rubber suit. Oh, good point. Good point. Uh, yeah, so my hope is that the show just exists and Momo was like a really big fan of it. I mean, listen, if there was, if I was a superhero and there was a TV show about all the cool stuff I did, I would know the words to that song. Oh yeah, you bet I would, I don't have a TiVo, but if I, I would TiVo it. Okay, so, uh, she's riding her bike and Napoleon is like, okay, oh pink, now it's time for some trouble. Some weird Napoleon trouble. Yeah, so uh, we see Momo, and she's just on, like, this nice street, and she's in, like, uh, a kimono, and she's at, like, a little, she goes, there's, like, a temple at the end of the street, and so she's, uh, she says some prayers, and she burns some incense, and she kind of turns and and just starts walking down the street, and Japanese Napoleon starts straight creeping. It is genuinely uncomfortable to watch her interact with him. Yeah, because he rolls up and he's like, hey, who are you? What's your name? And she's like, um, what, what's happening right now? Why, why are you talking to me, basically? Yeah, and he says, you look, you look really nice. Uh, are you, like, uh, home for a summer vacation? And she says, yes. Which, okay, just real quickly. Do arrangers have summer vacation? Like what's Dude, the... the Rangers seem to have a surprising amount of personal time. Um... Yeah. So anyway, she's like, "Yes, I was born here. I'm on summer vacation." Bye, and she just like dips, and, which is my, uh, which is really nice. My understanding of where they are in this is that they are in Tokyo, but it's like a sort of like older historic portion of Tokyo. Um, and yeah, like, that I, is I the think that is the neighborhood where she grew up. Yeah, um, there was another show. Remember I told you about uh, Kantara the Sweet Tooth Salaryman? And from watching that show, there is a pretty extensive and, like, very well-preserved, like, old town uh, mm-hmm. in, in Tokyo. So, like, we see exactly where she is. So, um, Momo, she goes to this park, which is cool, and she stomps into this little concession stand. And the lady, like, there's an old woman who runs this concession stand and knows her. And it's like, oh, my gosh, Momo, like, it's so good to see you. Like... How nice that you're back and you like you've come to visit me in this park that like you hung out at uh, in a in a, as a child, so that's cool. Um, and we see uh, children and they're like playing games. And I, they are and playing they games are. that I do not understand. Okay, hold up, Matt. You know the you saw like there's a little uh, dish and there's like some tops going on mm-hmm. in it. Okay, so that's uh, it's Beyblades, Matt. Like they just Beyblades it is, is Beyblades. not like it's... yeah Beyblades. I was. Blown away to discover this. I found this out a while ago. Beyblades is not, like, cut from a whole cloth. Like, they didn't make that up. It's just, like, a very old, traditional Japanese game of, like, battle tops. 
and it's Beyblades. It would be like if we did an American show and it was just about like bocce <laughs> or something. <laughs> Jax. Uh, but like the bocce balls explode and they summon dragons. Um, yeah, that is just uh, like look it up sometime. What's really cool is uh, if you watch like some old dudes do it and like they're like they're crazy. Uh, yeah, they're they're like top snipers. They're like throwing tops onto like saucers from like 30 feet away. It's wild. Uh, there's there's another game where people just seem to be like throwing playing cards at the ground, which that seems kind of like a rudimentary version of Pogs. Yeah, man. I, yeah, again, I don't know. Uh, this this was presumably like before the advent of the internet, so like I don't know what people did to amuse themselves, like some dumb stuff. Yeah, Momo um, Momo rolls up and she's like, "Oh man, nothing's changed. Still doing the top and card stuff." Uh, and I felt like, like, man, if somebody rolled into this now, like those kids are probably not still doing that, which on yeah. one hand, like, yeah, dude, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff out there to do that is not top related. On the other hand, it's, you know, the, the passage of time is both sad and glorious. Um, yeah. Why? Well, listen, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago about a Kendama game. So whatevs. Uh, so then there is also like off in the, off in the park, there is a traditional storyteller. And uh, I don't know anything about this style of storytelling, except he's a, they call him a picture storyteller. And uh, what we kind of piece together from the episode is basically he has he is a narrator of a story, but he he has to accompany him like a series of of painted pictures, and it's sort of like a the most rudimentary cartoon possible. It's like a narrated storyboard, effectively. Yeah, it's 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 like there's a picture book, except there's no book. He's just, he is the yeah, book and he brought yeah, pictures makes, with him. That makes a ton of sense. Um, so he's got like these clapper sticks and he's like starting, he's like singing this little song to like gather the children over. Uh, and he starts, he's like, oh, the story I'm going to tell you is the story of the O-Rangers. And they're like, yeah, the O-Rangers. And he says, uh, he says, here, as of this special service, I'm giving away free candy. And the free candy that he's... This is like the weirdest candy I've ever seen. And I grew up in the 90s. Uh, this stuff, it's called... Uh, what is it? Mizu... Did you write it down? It's uh, it's Mizuame is is what it's called. Mizuame. Uh, it's also called... It's also called... I looked it up. Yeah, me I was too. So I was trying to figure out what was, what was happening with this stuff. Yeah, because what it looks like he's doing is it looks like he has little discs of paper and he's just like smearing clear goop on them. And then the kids are just licking the goop off the paper, which is, in fact, what's happening. Yeah, but because the, uh, the goop, the, the this stuff is basically corn syrup. Yeah, it's but it's like it's made out of uh, potatoes, I think, traditionally mm-hmm. is, is what it's made out of. And like you do something to it and it sort of like breaks down. And yeah, you get this like it's also called water candy. And you just get this like clear, very sweet, goopy kind of like stringy. It's not quite liquid because you can like manipulate it or it's a very viscous liquid, I guess. And that's uh, and that's what he has. Yeah, and he he hands that out, and the children just start... And obviously, it's evil. Oh, sure. Uh, The children just start licking the paper, and then the paper starts to glow, uh, and so that's how you know it's bad. Yeah, anything that glows. Well, no, because the rangers glow. Anything that isn't a ranger that glows, automatically. I think that's pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, So, the candy obviously is evil. Uh, We flip back to Momo, where we find out that Momo, when she was a little kid, was a real crybaby. 
and that the concessions lady would have to save her from like the terrible bullies. Yeah, and she thinks it's sort of funny that Momo then became like went on to become an O Ranger. Like, oh, you used to be such a like a you know like a little crybaby, and now you're saving the world. How how fun! How cool for you. I'm sure that's a memory that Momo is real stoked about revisiting. Thanks, old woman. Um, so then these kids run up, the same kids, and they throw firecrackers and their firecrackers explode. And the old woman is like, ha! Ah! And Momo also reacts really strongly, which is a little bit weird to me. I just, I feel like Momo would have, as an O-Ranger, would have like the situational combat awareness to be like, oh, those are children with firecrackers as opposed to like an actual threat. Um, well, maybe, maybe then, her paranoia sense is tingling because this is actually a very low key parent paranoia plot right now. Oh yeah. 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 Because obviously what has happened is that the children have been taken over by the evil candy and now they're, they're bad. Yes. They're, I don't, they're still not more like, dangerous than regular end, children. <laughs> right. I don't know what the end game of that plan is. Uh, Bara, what is his name? So we don't have to just uh, keep calling Bara him Japan Kaka. Napoleon. Barakaka, which I don't know what that means. Uh, but, he, he says um, it in the episode. Kaka is a title for a person at the top of something, you know, like in the, the at the pinnacle of their field or something. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, I don't know what Barakaka's like endgame with this is, is like make children not even like evil. He doesn't give them knives or anything. Like his, his plan is just make children like mischievous. Yeah, he's he, Barakaka is sort of all over the board, honestly. Yeah, he's a weird. So anyway, so they they throw firecrackers. And they're like, oh, firecrackers! Then the kids have squirt guns, and uh, they're squirting Momo and and the old lady, and then they're like, ha! And then they they run away. Oh, they break the old woman's glasses. Sorry. And then they all say, "Hell, paranoia!" And they toss their water guns to the ground and run away on their bikes, which is great. Uh, like Momo chases after them to try to figure out like what on earth is going on, and as she is doing this, Barakaka is like lurking behind her. Yeah, uh, she is. Oh, so she's still like in her kimono, and those I'm sure that I don't know what the name for them is. I'm sorry, but those like uh, the kind of wooden sandals that are up on blocks, and she is trucking in those sandals. I, I was genuinely impressed. That is also in my notes that she's making very good time in those Hihachi sandals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Matt. Now I look like a jerk. Oh, no. That's, Hihachi is just the name of the dude from Tekken who wears those. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> now you're a jerk. I'm way better because I just admitted that I didn't know the name. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Um, but she can't chase them. She, she, does a, she does a good job, but she can't get away because they're on bikes. And uh, the... Uh, eventually, so, Barakaka catches up to her. Um, oh, so yeah, that's in right. like a little courtyardy area, and he says like, "Hello, I am Barakaka. Um, do you know what this thing is?" Pulls out a top, and she's like, "Well, yes, obviously that's a top." Yeah, uh, he's like, "Ah, but this this is a special top. It is a retro top." So he throws down his Beyblade, um, and it causes them to shift into a pocket dimension, which is nope, the that- same city but back in time and also creepier. Yes, and so they're back in time, but there's still electric barbershop poles, which was weird to me. Uh, so he, so he's transported Momo to this this pocket dimension. So she is like, "Dude, what is happening right now?" 
Um, he's like, well, I've brought you back in time. Uh, she tries to contact the other O-Rangers via her communicator, but since they're in this pocket dimension, she can't. And he says, this is my plan. You, you love like old historic downtown areas and old people and children. And she says, yes, of course. I love these things. I love all of them. He's like, ah, well, that's my plan. I'm going to use those things to destroy you. In a very roundabout, hard to discern way. <laughs> um, conveniently, even though she cannot contact the other O Rangers, she is not like blocked off from the flow of Cherokee energy in this pocket yeah. dimension. So she can still transform. Yes. So she transforms, and uh, there's sort of like she's she's running around and she's. You know, like, trying to figure out what's going on in this pocket dimension. Yeah, she tries to find a policeman, but the policeman turns out to just be, like, a mannequin wearing a policeman's uniform. Yeah, it's actually, if it were not in an episode of O-Ranger, it would be pretty creepy. Like, they are approaching it in a very kind of lighthearted way, but if they weren't, it would be strange. Like, you're in a pocket dimension, and everything's, like, weird and sort of poorly lit, and all the people are mannequins. Like, ugh. All the people are either mannequins, or they are Barakaka in another costume. Yes. So, like, she yeah, goes yeah. up to somebody who's, like, selling fish. And he's like, oh, I've got a live goldfish. And he throws a live goldfish. And she catches it. At her. And then it turns into, like, a fish-shaped ice cream sandwich, and then it explodes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I do love those fish cake, fish shaped ice cream sandwiches. The ones with like that red bean paste sweetening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah, very yeah. Good. They're very good. Uh, so, anyways, so eventually, uh, what she does is she throws a fireball, and I don't think she even throws it at anything in particular. I think she just sort of hurls it into the pocket dimension, and that is enough to like shatter the illusion. And she she manages to escape. Yeah, it's at some uh, point in all this, Barakaka has transformed into his robot form. Which basically looks like a robot version of the clothes that he's wearing. Yeah, it's a weird look. He just becomes Um, a weird robot Napoleon. He doesn't have like a theme. He's just like everybody else is sort of built around a particular thing. And he's just sort of, he's a Japanese robot Napoleon, man. I I don't know another way to say it. Is the idea. Yeah, I no, I'm sure that that is that is meant to be the case. Um, so the dude is handing out more evil candy. So he's back in his like disguise as the storyteller, and he gives more kids evil candy, and they turn evil. And then they all run over to Momo because she runs up and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm evil." Basically, yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't again. He doesn't really seem to have a plan. His plan is like make children mischievous. Put Momo in a pocket dimension and explode her with a ice cream sandwich. Like this guy is, like I just can't get a lock on this dude. <laughs> he so um, he is showing a new picture show to the kids. Um, and this picture show is about the defeat of the villainous O Pink. Um, oh, that's at right. the hands of like the justice loving Baranoia Empire, and so he's just like flipping through this side sh- slideshow of O Pink getting like put in some stocks and then like thrown into a pot of boiling water. Yeah, uh, and then he's like, "There she is!" And the kids run over and are like biting, biting her, like they're biting her and Pulling like biting her, her in the ankle and st- yeah. Uh, and then he uses a 
What does he use to get her into a pocket dimension this time? Um, One of those cards that the kids were throwing on yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is my favorite pocket dimension. So she arrives, and he has transported her into a black and white samurai movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all Which like sepia toned. It's very good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. And so she is uh, fighting a one-armed samurai mm-hmm. and then a ninja arrives on horseback, except he has a revolver. So I think maybe he's not actually a ninja, but if he's not, I'm not, I'm not sure what he is. And fires the revolver at her. And she's like, what is happening? <laughs> and then we find out Barakaka is like, it's all me. Like, I just love disguises. I'm going to kill you. It's really it's funny because like, he flips through his disguises, right? He's like, sometimes I am like a weird Napoleon dude. And sometimes I'm the picture show guy. And sometimes I'm a one-armed samurai. And sometimes, and it, you can tell he's about to say another thing, but he is accidentally transformed back into his Barakaka form. And he gets really frustrated. Frustrated. He's like, oh, whatever, yeah, I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he does manage to, like, subdue her um, in, in this way. I'm not sure how exactly, but he does. Because the next thing that we see, like, we just entirely allied over her actual defeat. Oh, no, no, no. Because- she gets out of this. Um, Hold on. I'm... I'm, I'm tr- I took these notes like a week ago when we were first going to be doing this. Okay, she... Oh, Matt, you've shattered the <laughs> illusion that we didn't just watch it. Yeah, sorry, guys. We had watched the episode last week, mm-hmm. and uh, I, we're, we're, we're... Anyways. I did actually re-watch it today, uh, because if 24 hours pass after I write these notes, like, they become complete gibberish to me. Um, so I did re-watch but, the episode, okay, but I'm your, trying to figure out... Oh, so In she, your defense, Matt... Mm-hmm. The show is largely gibberish to begin with. Especially this week. So she, I forget exactly how, but she escapes this pocket dimension again. And she goes back to the, um, the, uh, candy selling, selling woman. Oh, that's right. And she's like, hey, um, and at this point she contacts the other O-Rangers, I think, um, who are all just, they're all back at base. And all of them, the camera pans past all of them. They're all just sitting there like, like. Face deep in a gi- in giant slices of watermelon. Oh yeah, and what's amazing is they have like one set for the base. It's like just the control room, right? So, so they're you not, never like, see in the O-Rangers in like a lounge or anything. They're just like around all this incredibly powerful computer, like Choriki channeling mega equipment, and just like going ham on some melon. So. So she says, hey, come meet me at the candy shop. And they they hastily put down their melons and start to run. Yeah. So um, Momo walks up to the old woman who who runs the candy shop. And she's like, hey, is everything cool? Like, have you you seen this monster? Like, are you fine? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. But something is going on, like, over over that way. And Momo's like, oh, go check it out. So she goes over. And what does she see? (gasps) She sees the old woman tied up. And she realizes too late that the woman she was just talking to is, in fact, Barakaka. He's yet another disguise. Uh, and, and he pops up. He's like, ha-ha, it's another disguise. <laughs> I think he might even say that. Um, so he he captures her. And he has, <laughs> he has taken the time to create a sign around her, her execution thing that he has set up. Because this is how he's going to do it. He has set up a pot of boiling water mm-hmm. or something, 
And he has tied Momo up by her ankles and dangled her uh, above this pot. And he has a katana that he is then going to use to cut the rope and dump Momo into this pot of boiling water. And what, Which is a horrifying way well, to die. What he says is like, listen, for such an old-fashioned, like, retro-loving person such as yourself, I had to, like, really go back to find an appropriate method of execution. So this is the way that they executed the thief Goemon. Uh, so apparently this is, like, a thing that he, like, pulled out of the history books because he's got a very vague theme. Oh, okay, yeah, Matt. Um, Ishikawa, Ishikawa Goemon is basically Japanese Robin Hood. He is a semi-legendary Japanese outlaw hero who stole gold uh, to give to the poor. And he and his son, yep, were boiled alive in public after their failed assassination attempt on the Warring States period warlord Toyotomi Hideyoshi. So there you go. Little little history lesson with your good, good comedy bits this week. Yeah, so, um, oh wow, there's a real upsetting picture of him and his son being boiled alive. Well, let's That's... just let's just move right on, Dave, back to this superhero cool, cool, cool. show. Thanks, thanks, Wikipedia. So the, the, um, the rest of the O-Rangers so show up to the candy shop where the old woman is still tied up. Um, or rather, they show up and the woman's tied up around the corner. The details of this are largely immaterial. What is important yeah. is that they show up, they free the old woman, and they go off to find Momo. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, when he ties Momo up, like in the previous scene, the water is he's he starts the fire to boil the water then. And by the time they find her, the water is already boiling, which is impossible. Like, there's no way that water boiled impossibly. Sure, quickly. This is a human sized cauldron, which means either this water has boiled impossibly quickly or it took the O-Rangers an hour and a half to find her. Yeah. So uh, anyways, so they are about to, this is amazing, they are about to run up to fight the Barakaka, and he's just like, ah, if you get any closer, I'm just going to cut it, and that's going to be it. And they're like, what are we going to do? And the old woman is basically like, hey, I, I got this one. And she just walks up and just starts laying into Barakaka. Like, you're a terrible person. I don't know why you're doing any of this. Right, you might have Momo these, is great. You've got all these medals on your chest and a magnificent beard, and so you look like a like a gentleman of old. But you're no gentleman. You don't have a heart. And he's like, a heart? Yeah. What is that? What do you mean? She's like, surely you must have heard of a heart. It means kindness, the sort of kindness that Momo has. Like you are a bad dude. You should stop this right now. And he says, "Wow, you're right." And he just lets her go. Yeah, he's like, and he's like, I'm an old-fashioned guy, and I guess I've just I'm been doing it wrong. Guy. I just, yeah, I thought it was old-fashioned to kill O-Pink, but uh, now, man, you, you're totally right. Okay, I, I want to interject something right here, because there was something in the opening of this episode that I didn't want to mention then, but I was very impressed with. So you know how we're always complaining that the scenes that they show prior to the... Uh, opening theme song sometimes give the episode away yes in this week's opening one of the scenes we see is o pink dangled above this cauldron and then barakaka like just about to cut the rope and so she falls in 
And that does technically happen in the episode, but the editing in the opening makes it look like she's falling into the pot of boiling water. When what actually happens is that this candy sales lady goes over, yells at Barakaka. He's like, oh my gosh, I need to have manners. And he does cut the rope, but he cuts the rope so that like she can get down and everyone is already there to catch her. So yeah. I was really impressed with like the, the switcheroo they pulled on me. Yeah, no, no, no. That was really, really good. Um, so basically then Ancha and Kocha show up and they're like, Hey, uh, Barakaka, you're evil. Like you're a member of the Baranoi Emperor, so You need to kill these guys. Like, and he's like, you're under orders. Remember from the emperor. Yeah. And he's like, Oh yeah. Right, man. I get confused so easily. I don't know if he says <laughs> that, but like that's, he should. I mean, that's his he's whole like, jam. Got- really? I just, yeah, I wasn't even sure. It's a, yeah, no, no, I'll get right on that. And then he, like, turns into a robot and goes giant and he tries to kill them. <laughs> uh, there is a bit in here where he, like, he doesn't, so he doesn't go giant immediately. Because they do have, a like, a regular human-sized fight first. Yeah. And there's a bit near the end of this fight where, like, his chest pops open, and it's got, like, yeah! guns on the inside of it. Like, his chest just opens like a refrigerator door. Um, yeah, it's, no, he's got, like, an Iron Maiden in his chest. Yeah. He just, like, tries to hug someone and then squish them in his Iron Maiden chest. Yes, it was very weird. Yeah, it does not seem like it would be an effective move. I mean, it almost works until, um, I think, what is it? Uh, Goro has to save Momo from this and then Momo pulls out like the special move with her shield and knocks out uh, Barakaka and that's when they go giant yeah um, so then they they summon other robots they summon Red Puncher and man there, there's just... a giant roller bit in here somewhere but you know how that goes yeah there uh, man Red Puncher is just he's just very very good at punching like he's super super good it's just a pleasure to watch him work you know mm-hmm and so then they then uh, O Robo is there, and I know his full name is O Ranger Robo, but like just O Robo seems so much. I feel like that was a real missed opportunity on their part. Also, O Ranger so Robo is like the most boring name for a giant robot possible. Yeah, that's awful. So, anyways, so they form Mega Mega Boom Buster Candy <laughs> Mega mode. Boom Buster Dave. Yeah, what it's I can't remember what it's called. Uh, where they merge, it's, right? It's the and yeah, it's like the Buster other, configuration. Yeah, and here's my other... I just... This was something I didn't mention last time, and I want to mention it now. Where does the rest of Red Puncher go? He's still attached to O-Ranger Robo's back. I don't think he is, though. I'm pretty... Like, he seems to disappear. I think he's... Gets hit, like, they attach, they go back to back. Um, yeah. And every time they do it, I think of Rockapella singing the Zombie Jamboree on an episode of uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, Matt, if you want a real treat, have we discussed this? Have you ever seen the music video for that, oh, for that Spike Lee did? Uh, you, we have discussed this. You may have forgotten that I showed that to you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. That, this, that, anyways, uh, anyway, well, thank you have we, have for we doing talk, that for me. Have we talked about it on the show at all? It's a total digression, but I feel like our listeners need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you get... Anyways... Uh, it was a like a it was on PBS. It was like this. It was on, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was on PBS. It may have just been a movie or something. But it was basically 
Spike Lee wandering around and encountering like acapella groups. Yes. And but in like weird Lionheart style street fights. Like underground the street... in the sewers. Yeah, but like the street fights were who were a, was a better a cappella group. And and one so. of these in this uh underground street fight thing was Rockapella and they do the zombie jamboree. It is Yeah. Uh it's it's, it's very, very strange. strange. If you just go- yeah. if Google Spike Lee do it a cappella. Uh it is a 199 I think from 1990. Uh and you will not be I mean, okay. I don't want to say you won't be disappointed because it's very I mean, I weird and I don't know what possible. your expectations are. It's possible you'd be disappointed, but highly unlikely. Uh, so anyways, they... they anyway, form... Lady Smith Black Mombazo is also in this thing. <laughs> yeah, so they form like super artillery mode and uh, and they blast Barracocca to smithereens. And his last words are, farewell to that retro feeling of the old days. And then uh, do we have a do we have a wrap up on this one, Dave? I don't think there actually is. Oh, I think that's they just go kinda... they go back to the candy shop. Oh, that's right. They go back to the candy shop. Momo is still like chilling with her. Like, hey, thanks. I guess you had to save me again. Um, and then the other four O Rangers start off doing a picture show, um, talking about how cool O Ranger oh, is. Oh yeah, that's cool. No, I did like that. It was fun. So that, Dave, is the end of that episode, but it is not, of course, the end of our episode. Before we get out of here, we first need to determine how Barakaka fares in the Creature Royale. Okay. I just... Let me let me try to sell you on him a little bit. No, I, I'm not opposed to him. The thing, the thing about Barak, okay, the thing about a lot of the monsters in O Ranger that we've had complaints about is that like they've got a cool look and they've got like a fun style of attack, but they are not like a character really, you know? Yeah. Like they're not an interesting part of the episode. They're just a foil that the O Rangers need to go like hit with a big wheel. Um, yeah, right. I mean, Barakanka is definitely a character. I that's very true. Where on this list do we have the um, the slot machine monster from um, Kaku Ranger? The one who had like the coins that turned everything unlucky. Okay, that guy is that was Kenagama, and he is currently at number yes. sixty eight on our list. Yeah. So I man, okay, I actually think I like Barakaka better than that guy. Okay. Uh, I, okay, so here's what I really like about Barakaka. I, I, I do dig the weirdness. I like that he is very easily convinced by this old woman to just, like, be a good guy. And then just as easily convinced by Atra and Kocha, like, oh, no, you're supposed to be bad. And he just kind of immediately goes back to being bad. Like, it's just such a weird flip. Uh, I like that he is super into his own disguises. I think, okay, here's what I think Barakaka is. Barakaka is a dude who got really caught up in designing a great process mm-hmm. and and completely lost sight of his actual goal. Like, the, the process became the goal for him. I don't think he ever was actually even particularly interested in killing O-Pink. I think he really just wanted to, like, 
wear some fun costumes and create like elaborate death traps. Yeah. Yes. This guy seems like he would have been a perfect Batman villain. Yeah, he would be way better for Batman. Like he's got a than, theme, uh, he's got death traps, he's got a like a really like solid look. Um not necessarily a great Super Sentai monster. Um but yeah. I like Oh hey, him. although briefly, uh speaking of Batman, Michael Keaton, I guess, just did the commencement address at Kent State University and ended with I'm Batman. Like that was that was his final Was that at all related to the other things he was saying? I don't know. I just saw he was like, I've got two words to finish this speech. I'm Batman. And then he like threw up the victory sign and walked off stage. And that's all that I saw. Uh, wow, that's <laughs> a lot more exciting weird. than when I graduated from Kent State when a guy I don't remember talked about something that didn't matter. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems inappropriate, but I'm sure like that's we're talking about it. And I don't even remember what your commencement speaker said. So so there. Uh, yeah, so he's got I, – I dig him. And I'm, I'm kind of looking around. Okay. Here is let me let me throw this out to you. Mm-hmm. What about Kamaitachi the Sickle Weasel? Okay, he is another dude with like a pretty weird, elaborate plan. Mm-hmm. That all, I it, all, feel his like plan that, also involves turning children against our heroes. Yeah. Okay. Now Barakaka is not that because uh, Kamaitachi in addition to that crazy plan, is also a weasel with a jetpack grafted into his back and giant sickle hands. Yeah, so... So he's got that Yeah, Barakaka, like, he's got, he's got his, like, Napoleon look and his Iron Maiden chest, uh, but he ain't no flying sickle man, so... Yeah, so I... Okay, so I am going to say I... It, so I'm actually going to drop down a little bit because right under that is the Shooting Doji Brothers, who I also love... Mm-hmm. And Bara Hacker. Who's in the computers, I, Dave. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I also really dig. And then under that is Ant Bazooka. And I would go, I think, Barakaka above Ant Bazooka. Yeah. How do you feel Aunt about Bazooka that? Ant Bazooka is in a great episode. Um, like a very weird episode. Um, but Ant Bazooka himself is not that interesting. Yeah. Um, so that puts Barakaka at our new slot number 53. Okay, Dave. So now that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which is what iTunes is now. Um... That is what helps people find this show, and that is something that we like. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To catch any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.